The kakadu plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everybody. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for being here. Yeah, we're so excited to have you. Very excited for this episode. I'm excited because we are in just a couple of weeks going to be out in Los Angeles. Yes. We're going to Palm Springs for a friend's wedding. So like some friends of ours who moved from Atlanta to L.A. Mm-hmm. Now they're getting married in beautiful Palm Springs. Uh, Very excited. So, yeah, it's going to be so cool. We're road tripping out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to go to the wedding. We're going to stay and uh, hang out with my uncle in L.A. for a little while, see the sights, yeah. learn the city a little bit. Very excited. So if you uh, sometime before early March are listening to this episode and you've got ideas about food, uh, cool stuff to do that's a little off the beaten trail, anything mm-hmm. like that, shoot us a message. Please. We would love to hear your recs for L.A. Yeah. Cool events. Mm-hmm. Uh, Always love that. Art spaces. Weird little shows. Yeah. Anything like that. Totally. We want to know. Yeah. Meanwhile, we're going to be bringing you spicy content right here (laughs) on Ridiculous Romance. uh, And you'll be getting it while we're gone, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. In fact, uh, check out our Instagrams and you'll probably see our whole uh, our whole journey in some form or another. Definitely. I feel like I never post 
online. You don't. You are I not have, a poster. I'm like, here, look at this for Fringe. Or I'm like, here, look at this for the podcast. Yep. Or I'm like, here, we're on a trip. So my life's actually interesting for <laughs> once. Check it out. <laughs> True. Yeah. I got nothing to post on Instagram when it's just like, I don't know. What do you want to see? Here the I house am. or the grocery store? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, sometimes I work in the front room with the desk and sometimes I work in the living room. Woo. Ooh. Big changes. Yep. <laughs> But here we are today, another exciting episode. You might remember the story of Lisa Nowak, Bill Ophelein, and Colleen Shipman as the astronaut love triangle. They really saturated the whole news cycle in early 2007. Now, naturally, the media made this into the most sensational story they could. They turned this incident into a total joke. But of course, once, you know us, once we started digging into it, Mm -hmm. we found out that there's so much more to the story. So... Let's strap in and learn all about these space cadets and their out-of-this-world story that rocked the country in five, four, three, two, one. We have liftoff. Woo! Hey there, friends, come listen well. Eli and Diana got some stories to tell. There's no matchmaking or romantic tips. It's just about ridiculous relationships. A lover might be any type of person at all. An abstract concept or a concrete wall. But if there's a story worth a second glance, we'll put it in a show ridiculous romance. A production of iHeartRadio. Okay, so like we said, you've probably heard the story about how crazy Lisa Nowak is, but, you know... We wanted to get to the bottom of it. We wanted to go back and learn all about her and try and get some context as to who she was and how she got to the point that America learned all about her. Mm-hmm. Lisa Marie Caputo was born on May 10th of 1963 in Washington, D.C. to a computer consultant and a biologist. In 1969, she sat glued to the TV next to her parents, just like the rest of the country, and watched Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and Michael Collins leave Earth on a mission to the moon. And from that day on, she was totally fascinated with the space program. Of course, at that time, all astronauts were men. So, you know, we just imagine that at some point, a convo like this probably happened. Hey, Mr. Teacher, one day I'm gonna fly up into space just like Neil Armstrong. <laughs> Little girl, everybody knows only boys can go to space. Why, if women could leave the planet and leave all the men here behind, they'd, well, they'd, uh, you know, they'd, they'd probably never come back because we won't let them do anything. So we can't let them do anything or else they'd be mad that we don't let them do things and they'd leave forever. It's circular logic. Don't you worry about such complicated subjects, little girl. Wow, you're a moron. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. I feel like she might have said that to herself. Yeah. Maybe not to the teacher. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Kids used to be more respectful. (laughs) But fortunately, in 1978, NASA astronaut Group 8 changed all that. They were the first group to include both women and minorities in the astronaut program. Among them was Sally Ride, who in 1983 would become the first woman and the first lesbian in space. So stay tuned for her episode later on, and we'll get deeper into that exciting world of women entering the space program. But for Lisa... She saw this happening and it became clear to her that this was not only her calling, but something very achievable for her. She was among the first women to attend the U.S. Naval Academy in Annapolis, where she graduated in 1985 with a B.S. in aerospace engineering. And while at school, she met and fell in love with Richard T. Nowak. And three years later, in April of 1988, they married. And then in 1992, they gave birth 
to a son. That same year, she earned her two degrees in aeronautical engineering, including her master's of science, writing her thesis on everybody's favorite subject, computational investigations of an NACA 0012 airfoil in low Reynolds number flows. Oh my God. Great I, read. I love that one. I think it was an Oprah's book club. Oh, sure. Pick, yeah, right? yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you know, me and I mean, every, it's not even cool to say this because like anyone would say this, but I love the computational investigations of an NACA 0012. And oh, yeah. then you Especially... throw it, you throw it into a low Reynolds number flow. Oh my God. Forget it. I'm, I'm good for the weekend. We're basically in the club. <laughs> And also, yeah, I want to just point out how outrageous it is that she was pregnant and gave birth to a son the same time that she was finishing up two degrees in aeronautical engineering, including her master's. Like right there. I'm like, well, I'll never achieve anything that impressive (laughs) in my life. No, that is that is definitely worth noting. Uh-huh. But then in May of 1996, out of 2,400 applicants, Lisa was picked as one of the 25 mission specialists in NASA Astronaut Group 16. And she and her family moved to Texas. Her husband, Richard, left active duty as a naval officer and got a job as a flight controller at Mission Control, although he did stay in the Naval Reserve. So Lisa went through intense training. She studied geology and the shuttle systems, survival training, zero gravity training, all this cool stuff. Mm -hmm. She completed all that in 1998. And then in early 2001, she became pregnant again, this time with twin daughters. Talk about an overachiever. (laughs) (laughs) Her womb was like, I got to keep up with this lady. I know, right? (laughs) She's like, let me just knock the next two out simultaneously. It's more efficient this way. (laughs) If I learned anything from the computational investigations of an NACA, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) It's you should have twins. (laughs) She said in an interview with Ladies Home Journal, quote, it's definitely a challenge to do the flying and take care of even one child and do all the other things you have to do. But I learned you can do it. Her specialization was in the robotic arm on a space shuttle. And in 2001, the space shuttle Endeavor went to the International Space Station to install a robotic arm on the space station. Mm. And Lisa was on the team on Earth at Mission Control that helped instruct them on how to do it. In October of 2001, she gave birth to the twins. So while she's doing all that, again, pregnant with twins the whole time. Okay. I'd be like, well, listen, I'm pregnant with twins, so I'm going <laughs> to take the next nine months off. Yeah, right. Good luck with that robotic arm. Put my foot up. <laughs> so at first, she and her husband, after the twins were born, would alternate their work schedules so that someone was always at home with the kids. Mm-hmm. But in 2002, Richard was called back to active duty for George W.'s Operation Enduring Freedom, a.k.a. the War on Terror. And she was left effectively as a single working mother with a 10-year-old boy and infant twins. And again, working mother, astronaut. Yeah, right. (laughs) Right. Not just just any old working mother, which is already so hard. Yeah. But also an American hero. (laughs) (laughs) And then things got even harder for Lisa, if you can imagine that. On January 16th, 2003, NASA launched their 113th space shuttle mission, STS-107, the 28th flight of the space shuttle Columbia. Mm. Aboard the shuttle were three of Lisa's classmates, including one of her best friends, Dr. Laurel Clark. During the Columbia's launch, a piece of foam insulation broke off and damaged the thermal protection system on the shuttle's left wing. And after a 15-day mission, as the shuttle returned to Earth, it broke up and disintegrated on re-entry. 
killing all seven crew members on board. In a 2006 interview, Lisa said, quote, I remember on that day sitting there with my son, and he reached over and took my hand and said, Mom, I still want you to go. She said that the tragedy was in service to a cause, and she was still committed to that cause. Ah, that's so crazy. Horrible, because you know people were watching it the whole time. Oh, everyone was watching, yeah. Horrifying. It's like the Challenger when everyone was watching that, and you just knew how, I mean, just horrific. Yeah. So in the event of the death of an astronaut, NASA assigns their family a personal casualty assistance officer. They, re- they really got how warm. Yeah, they kind of reduce everything <laughs> to its like most scientific rhetorical terms. You I know? mean, it literally sounds like a robot right. showing up being like, here I am to <laughs> absorb your emotions. Yes, yes. Cry on my 623 universal shoulder device. <laughs> there, there. There, there. there. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn. She's like, my robotic arm is a lot more comforting than yours. Right, right. <laughs> so Lisa volunteered to take that position for Laurel Clark's family because she was mm-hmm. so close with them. Yeah. Laurel's widower, Jonathan Clark, who was a former NASA flight surgeon, said that Lisa came in and just did everything for him. Quote, she went through everything, Navy paperwork, finances, bills, bank accounts. She took care of our son, Ian, during the months afterward. She's here 12 to 14 hours a day under the most difficult circumstances. I have to think it was hugely stressful. Right, because her husband's still deployed, right? And yeah. so she's still got her own three children yeah. to, to take care of. Yeah, for Is real. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So in 2004, Lisa took part in an 11-day cold-weather survival training course where she and a half-dozen other astronauts and cosmonauts were dropped off in the wilderness of Quebec, and they had to make their way back to a base on foot and presumably survive. Right, yes. (laughs) One of the top goals. Sort of the main thing. (laughs) And among those astronauts was a man she had met briefly in the mid-90s while they were stationed together, and his name was Bill Ophelein. Bill Offaline was born March 29, 1965, and grew up in Anchorage, Alaska. He got his B.S. in electrical engineering from Oregon State in 1988. In 1990, he became an aviator for the Navy, and in 1998, he was selected by NASA to be an astronaut candidate in astronaut group 17. And after two years of training and evaluation, he was promoted to astronaut as a space shuttle pilot. Sounds like a pretty standard uh, series of events for an astronaut, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. This Co- is the couple blanket years template. Of this, couple years of this. Yeah. Train here. Train there. Get promoted. Fly a plane. Right. Boom! You're an astronaut. I have to say, sounds you- easy. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't we all do it? I have to say, I feel like this cold weather survival course was probably a little bit easier for the right. guy from Alaska. I was thinking that. So you should get higher marks if you're from like Mississippi <laughs> and you manage it. You know what I'm saying? Because you're like, for real, I'm not a, a familiar with this white powder shit. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> He's like, oh, <laughs> I've had a pair of snowshoes strapped to my feet since birth. <laughs> he came out in a dog sled. Yeah, <laughs> He's like building an igloo. Uh-huh. <laughs> like everyone from Florida is like, what? What? <laughs> Listen, I could fight a gator, but I don't know what you're doing. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> what happens if Bill's got to go down and do a survival coast in the swamps? Yeah. Mm, now here we go. That's a, we need to switch it up. It's so like an exchange warm program. Warm weather, you go to cold weather yeah. training. Cold weather, you need to go to the swamp. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we test the metal of astronauts. <laughs> That's how. Or we just commit to sending only the northern people to cold planets and all the Floridians <laughs> to hot planets. 
uh, everyone with any science background is like, it's cold in space, you dummy. <laughs> There's no swamps yeah, out there. But the, are you kidding me? Look, Venus is just one big swamp <laughs> from, from okay, what I hear. Okay, that's a good point. A lot okay. of grass. So if we send anyone to Venus, it should be all the Floridians. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, astronauts from Florida, not all oh, the Floridians. <laughs> we love you, Florida. I mean, we do. Our little neighbors to the south. So Bill was at this time married to a woman named Michaela. And there's really very little information out there about their marriage besides her name and the fact that they had two children together. But life for married astronauts can be really tough. Jonathan Clark said that there's a huge amount of marital stress in the astronaut corps in general. And he said, quote, it was hard on our marriage to have my wife gone all the time and eventually for her career to surpass mine. And shortly before Bill's wilderness survival training, he and his wife, Michaela, separated. The timeline isn't super clear here, but Bill says that he was already divorced when later that year, Bill and Lisa started a secret affair when they returned to Houston. Mm -hmm. And we will get all those spicy and spacey details right after this. <laughs> This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. 
The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. Okay, Mission Control, looks like we're back. And uh, Houston, you have a problem. That's right. A big problem. Because even if Bill was no longer married, Lisa was. Uh And not only should two astronauts in training together not be hooking up, but as Navy officers, the two of them could be charged with conduct unbecoming of an officer under the Uniform Code of Military Justice because this includes adultery. Oh. Very Ten Commandments, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, yeah. I want to... if you'll permit, yeah, I'd like to dock at Spaceulation Station, <laughs> and uh, I want I want to I want to hear what you think might be on that list besides adultery, mm. conduct unbecoming of an officer under the Uniform Code of Military Justice. Do you think it's like, you know, uh, oh, this this right here is a colonel, and yet he's loading his mugs on the bottom rack of the dishwasher? What Very kind unbecoming. of animal? <laughs> I agree. That is chaotic energy. What about, um, I mean, surely there's some dress code stuff. So, like, if you have your buttons undone. Oh, right. Sure, sure. Yeah. Unbecoming of an officer. Very unbecoming. Right. Um, You need to iron that shit. Like military style, right? Yeah. And, like, no mixing fabrics. Oh, definitely. Uh, Patterns. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The tie. A brown belt with black shoes. (laughs) Discharged, dishonorable, dishonorable discharge. discharge. Court martial. <laughs> I saw somebody putting mustard on their pop tarts on Twitter the other day, and that I was like, "That what? that's a dishonorable discharge. Right. That is conduct." What kind of pop tart are we talking about? No, it's like what a regular flavor? fruit pop tart. A fruit pop tart? Yeah, this is conduct unbecoming of a human being, and you should be <laughs> dishonorably discharged from Earth, from the, the species <laughs> and the planet. Well, anyway, they were definitely trying to keep this little affair super secret for more than just the usual reasons. Right, right. But Sam Gwynn of the Texas Monthly referred to it as, quote, a very intense and emotional affair. Oh. They trained together. They shared a desk space in their office building, and they helped each other out in their careers. It went beyond even just a work romance. They also joined the same cycling team and trained together for races. And Lisa even left her bike at Bill's apartment since that's where they would start and finish all their long rides together. Oh, okay, okay. So they were like broing it out. Now, of course, Bill was fresh out of a rocky marriage, which, okay, so just to clarify, even his own former mother-in-law, Michaela's mother, said that Bill and Michaela's issues had nothing to do with Lisa. Okay. So this is all after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Now he comes in, he finds someone who's got a lot in common with him. She's pretty. She's smart. They've been in an intense survival situation together. Very true. Like he built her an igloo probably at some point. (laughs) So it's totally understandable why he got interested in her. But what's going on with Lisa here? Mm -hmm. Married, three kids, career on a great path. Well, we already know how much stress she was under with her three kids and her husband being gone for so long off fighting the, the war on terror right. and obviously the recent loss of her friend and coworker. But Lisa was also gearing up for a mission that everybody was very focused on, the STS-121 mission on the space shuttle Discovery. 
This mission was all about testing new safety and repair techniques that were introduced following the Columbia disaster. Mm -hmm. And Lisa was going to be on board. She was going to space. The dream, right? The dream, what every astronaut wants to achieve at some point. Mm -hmm. The culmination of all the work. Uh Uh-huh. All the Reynolds... (laughs) <laughs> All those airflows, airflows, or whatever. <laughs> I already <laughs> forgot it. <laughs> oh, I do not have a science mind. <laughs> anyway, she had been selected for the mission in 2004, along with her classmate Stephanie Wilson. And side note, Stephanie would be the second African American woman in space, and to date, her 42 days in space are the most of any African American woman. She's also a candidate for the Artemis mission. So she might be the first black woman on the moon. Yay for Stephanie Wilson. And I am so excited about the Artemis mission. We're going back to the moon. Finally. Finally. You know? Finally. Take me with you. Am I right? (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if all the conspiracy people are like, so is Stanley Kubrick on board so he can film? They got Denis Villeneuve this time. This time, yeah. (laughs) They're like, the cinematography for Dune was just so beautiful. NASA can't afford Denis Villeneuve. (laughs) They probably got Brett Ratner in there. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, this mission put a lot of weight on Lisa's shoulders. Because not only did the recent Columbia tragedy emphasize the very real threat of danger, Mm -hmm. but it also meant the public was very focused on this mission and success was absolutely necessary. The entire country was literally watching her. Right. And she felt that. And if she wasn't stressed enough already, this definitely pushed her farther than she'd ever been tested. So again, we're talking about someone, three children, taking care of her, friends, uh, yeah. You know, all the stuff you have to do when someone dies. Right. She's trying to help with all that. She's yeah. taking care of that child as well. Like, plus all this national pressure and right. probably a lot of fear. I can't imagine. A lot I mean, of like, fear. imagine, yeah, your dream is to go to space and you're working on it, working on it, and helping it happen. Mm-hmm. And then you watch the people who go to space, like, die pretty horribly. Like, yeah. that's not. I would be questioning everything at that point. Should I be doing this? Yeah. What's safe? It's like that. And that that thing with her son telling her, I still want you to go. You know, that's that's wonderful because they they all understood like the risk was always there. This Mm -hmm. doesn't really change anything. But I almost wonder if that wouldn't make it harder because you're just like, oh, my God, this kid loves me so much that he wants me to do this thing. Yeah. How can I take this risk? Yeah. Oh, God, I can't imagine. That's so true. Plus, yeah. it must be weird, too, like when you get close to achieving a dream. Yeah. And it is very scary. Oh, yeah. And you're questioning it. You probably feel a little bit of like, um, I don't want to say shame or guilt, but just that thing where you're like, well, this is what I've been working toward. Now I don't want it. Like, what is happening to yeah. me? I don't understand what I want anymore. I'm a little nervous. Right. And do I not? I knew about this all the time. Yep. Suddenly I'm feeling scared. I don't know. This is why I never finish a project. <laughs> oh, <laughs> as, is that why? As a rule. <laughs> yeah, because I oh, get okay. towards the end and I'm like, I don't want to I don't want to be done. Oh, right on. You know? Okay. I was thinking more about that fear of success. Well, that too. Because I have definitely felt that before. Yeah. Like, oh, all I wanted was like win an Oscar or something. But then I'm like, Ugh, imagine if everybody knew your name. Horrifying. <laughs> Yeah, that's what's holding me back. I would have won an Oscar by now if I just but... if I wasn't worried about people knowing my name. <laughs> right. I kept it small on purpose. <laughs> so, yeah, she's stressed out is basically the main takeaway from this. And she took comfort in this guy, Bill, who was a friend 
handsome, smart, understanding, someone she knew she could trust. And Bill had finalized his divorce in 2005. He found a small apartment and gave Lisa a key. With or without Bill, her marriage to Richard was on the rocks, but she wasn't really ready to end it. Probably because of those three kids. I would think so, yeah. And also him fighting. That must feel weird, too. Oh, yeah. And Bill also gave her his computer password so she could take care of work while she was at his place. So this is like a pretty close... I don't even think you have my computer password. (laughs) No, no, I have no idea. Also, this was like 2005 when there was only one computer per household, you know, so... Oh, true, so yeah. So they, they probably didn't have their own MacBooks, you know, at this no, point. No, definitely not. Yeah. He's like, go go work on that 300-pound <laughs> yeah, thing exactly. in the computer room. <laughs> so she was originally supposed to lift off with STS-121 in 2005, but during the launch of STS-114 in July of that year... The exact same problem that caused the Columbia explosion happened, where like a piece broke off during launch. Mm. So that shuttle returned safely, but more research clearly needed to be done. So her mission was postponed another year. And I'm imagining that stress. I mean, just thinking like, okay, next month I'm going to go to space and might die. And you're getting ready for it, getting ready for it. And then they say, hang on. You have to sit with this for another six months. Mm. Yeah, One more six months. You know, like that must add so much tension to it. Definitely. You know, it's like getting stuck at the top of a roller coaster hill. I was thinking very similar or like in the line. Right. Because I have a very, ter- you know, I'm terrified of a roller coaster. Right, yeah. So in the line is almost worse than the ride. Right. Uh, where I'm like really getting like, ah, yeah. oh God, it's going to be so much worse than I think. And you just getting really in your head about it. And then you get to the front of the line and they like go to the rush line and they let 20 people in in front of you. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh my God, I'm not getting on yet. Oh God. I have to sit with this even oh. longer. Very stressful. And then I immediately go, you know what? I'm just going to exit this way through <laughs> yes. the gift shop and I'll wait for y'all outside. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> true. That is what happens. That is what happens. <laughs> <laughs> but eventually, it came time for the launch. The crew celebrated a pre-launch reception at the Kennedy Space Center, and Lisa's husband, Richard, and their three kids were all in attendance there. And finally, on July 1st, 2006, the crew boarded the Discovery for launch. Lisa was the last crew member to enter the ship. And at 1542, the countdown began. 10, 9, 8... Oh, no, a thunderstorm scrubbed the launch. What? So we'll come back tomorrow. Another night of freaking out. So the next day they tried again. Ten. Nine. Are you kidding me? Again. Damn it, Florida. (laughs) Seriously, the weather. I don't know why they choose Florida for launching these (laughs) ships, which has the most unpredictable (laughs) weather in the country. (laughs) So they didn't even try on July 3rd. They just skipped that day altogether. But on July 4th, They loaded up the ship and probably just skipped the countdown altogether. They're like, three, two, one, go. And Lisa and the crew of the Discovery launched into space. You think by then she was like, all right, uh, fine, whatever happens. And they were like, you know, 10, 9. She's like, heard it all before. And then they finally take up. She's like, oh, shit, we're actually doing this today. For real. Okay, okay, okay. Wow, wow, wow. (laughs) Lisa did some cool stuff with the robotic arm in space, Mm -hmm. not just the one on the Discovery, but she actually got to operate the one on the ISS, which she had helped install over the radio back in 2001. Oh, that's cool. Spatialation Station. Hmm. Uh, What what was she doing with that arm? Was she like... Patting herself on the back, probably. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, God damn, I did amazing. (laughs) I I see her like high-fiving other robotic arm ships flying by. I hope they do that. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe she like caught an asteroid. 
threw Ooh, it back threw at it the back. sun. She's playing catch with uh-huh. the, her father, the sun. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and she's like hanging 10. Oh, totally. <laughs> Uh, All in all, she was in space for 12 days, 18 hours, and 36 minutes, and traveled 5 million miles. Oh, my God. That's like from East Atlanta to Midtown. (laughs) Too much. (laughs) Time for a new Proclaimers song, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) So the Discovery landed with no issues on July 17th. Big sigh of relief. So Lisa was home, and she was an American hero. Yes. So the crew members went on this big publicity tour. They were throwing pitches at baseball games. I wish with a robotic arm. That'd be if cooler. only. <laughs> they were doing interviews, signing autographs. They were just inspiring the shit out of people. Right. And Lisa met up with students at Naval Academies. She spoke to kids at elementary and middle schools and attended a celebration at her own academy in Annapolis for its 30th anniversary of admitting women to the school. And she even spoke in the UK at the University of Leeds with one of her crewmates. Now, we don't know exactly what caused the deterioration of Lisa's marriage to Richard, except for that sort of generic truth of astronaut life is tough that we kind of have heard from other astronauts. But... Bill was more than just her secret lover. He was her friend and confidant. Their sexual relationship seemed to be secondary to how much they just looked out for each other. Mm. But for Lisa, things were getting more serious. Shortly after her mission, she and Richard separated and they were in the process of a divorce. Lisa actually emailed Bill's mother and said, quote, Bill is absolutely the best person I've ever known, and I love him more than I ever knew possible. Your kindness in supporting us is nothing short of extraordinary. Fortunately, the past situation is finally coming to an end, and I am in the process of completing all the official divorce paperwork. So we get the impression that Bill's mom was into this. Yeah, I guess Lisa so. even says even says in the email, like, uh, even though my parents have not been very supportive, it's great how supportive you've been. So, hmm. you know, uh, maybe her family is not loving that she's divorcing Richard and hanging out with this new guy, Bill. But Bill's right. mom is like, oh, you're great. You're what my son's always wanted. You know, you're an American hero. Yeah, Dad. right. <laughs> yeah. Maybe she should have CC'd Bill on some of these. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because even as she's sending emails to Bill's mother. Bill was cooling off on their romance. Mm. He generally considered their fling to be a temporary, fun, like friends with benefits kind of thing than something like enduringly romantic. Right. And whether or not he was clear about that with her is a mystery to us now. We don't know what they ever talked about or whatever. But they definitely had two different ideas about what was going on between them. I mean, you should. If you're, whether you're in a, a, what did you just dating or you're in a secret affair, like you should probably be clear about what your expectations are for a relationship. That's true. Or if you're if you start with expectations and your feelings deepen and unexpected things happen to right. you, like, you you're, you know, you might start something casually and then it turns into sure. more than you expected. But that should be something you don't tell the guy's mom about. You should tell yeah. the guy about yeah, that. before you tell the guy. <laughs> And, you know, again, I'm going to immediately email his mom and say how much I'm in love with this guy. But I won't say anything to him because it'll make things awkward. And again, we don't know. She may have talked may to Bill have. about that. And Very Bill might have been like, yeah, sure. That sounds good. Right. You know, we don't know if he was clear or he might have been leading her into believing this was something more than it was. Yeah. I really yeah. don't know. Who knows? Who knows? That's one of those things about a relationship that's very hard to see from the outside. Yes. Yes. And again, just makes communication the foundation, it's the most important thing. Yeah, very yeah. true. I know he says 
in our theme song, no uh, romantic tips, but there's just one for you. Get on the same page. <laughs> just at least, at least get on the same page. Uh-huh. Around this time, Bill had been selected to pilot the space shuttle Discovery on mission STS-116, so he was frequently traveling to Florida for special training, and there he met Colleen Shipman. Colleen worked for the Air Force in Florida testing hardware for space flights, and everybody loved her. She and her roommate crashed a party that Bill was at, and she later recalled, quote, I was laughing that entire night. He's just kind of off-the-wall funny, which is very hot. <laughs> funny guys are great. There you go. I'm just saying. I mean, you know, well, and you're the, funny. And in the world of astronauts, they gotta, they be gotta hard to guess find. one in a million. <laughs> That's true. He's like... Uh, have you heard of one about the computational investigations of the NACA 0012 airfoil and Low Reynolds number flows? I haven't. What is it? It's, uh, I, I don't know. Hang on, I got something for this. And he says, 0012 airfoil? More like... I'm trying to make a Reynolds rap tinfoil joke, me but too. it's really not working out. <laughs> Have you heard the one about the computational investigations of an NSFW 0012 airfoil and low Reynolds number flows? And then he shows like a robotic arm, like doing a jack off motion. Yeah. (laughs) If there's one thing I know about meeting women for the first time at a party, it's go for a jack off joke. Hilarious. (laughs) It always works perfectly. Yes. Speaking of romantic tips. Now, Bill initially told Colleen that he was a firefighter, specifically the kind of firefighter who parachutes into forests to fight wildfires. He said that he just didn't want his introduction to be this kind of cheesy like, hey, baby, I'm an astronaut. You know, so he thought that sounded arrogant. So he tried to tone it down. And I'm, I'm like, sorry. tone it down. <laughs> I'm an astronaut. Let me let me come up with something a little more humble. I parachute into wildfires. <laughs> like, are you serious? Yeah. I don't want to I don't want to sound too puffed up and arrogant, you know. I'm, I just all I do is skydive into a forest <laughs> fire and take care of it myself single-handedly <laughs> with nothing but a super soaker and a bottle of Dasani. That's right. I've saved many baby animals. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not an astronaut or anything. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm no hero. I'm no hero. <laughs> I'm no Superman. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. Colleen saw right through that because she is not a complete idiot. Hey. She worked on satellite launches. So obviously she knew the crew of the upcoming shuttle launch. And this guy was going to be the pilot. But she said, quote, he was really exuberant and very nice, polite and energetic. When you meet somebody who's so charismatic, you just want to be around them. That's what it was. So they swapped numbers, and the next night they went out for pizza. And then they started to see each other more. Whenever Bill was in Florida, they would hang out. And Colleen even made a few weekend trips to Texas when Bill was at home. Now, Bill knew that in order to have an honest relationship with Colleen, he would have to end things romantically between him and Lisa. So he met with Lisa, and he was honest. He told her he'd met someone, he was happy with her. Lisa would always be his friend, but he was falling in love with Colleen and they wanted to be exclusive. And Lisa basically responded by saying, Okay, cool. Oh, okay. Sweet. Great. <laughs> that Bill's like, oh, okay. This works out fine. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, Bill said in a statement that, quote, She seemed a little disappointed, but she seemed to be accepting. She even said she hoped that Bill and Colleen had fun on the upcoming weekend they had planned together. Mm-hmm. 
But how did she really take it? We'll see the dark side of her moon right after this. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Well, welcome back to the show, everyone. And that was one small step for Bill and one <laughs> giant leap about to happen for Lisa. <laughs> Yes, um, Bill and Colleen's long-distance relationship continued to develop, and he told her, you know, I've broken it off with Lisa. That's all behind us now. He said he and Lisa would remain friends, but, quote, there's no romance there or anything. Colleen even joked with him, later telling ABC News, quote, I asked, uh, is there going to be some crazy lady showing up at my door, you know, trying to kill me? Nervous laughter. But Bill said, no, no, nothing like that. 
When the time came for Bill's own launch into space, Colleen was right there. She stood next to Bill's mother at the observation site, and together they clutched hands as the discovery made liftoff. So I guess I'm she like, was cool with Colleen, too. I mean, I'm saying Bill's mother is really kind of the cheater here. Spaceulation <laughs> Station. I'm going to call out Bill's mother as being the source <laughs> of all these problems. Because she's trying to play both sides. She's just like, I just want someone to marry my son. I don't care which one of you bitches it is. She's like, I hated that Michaela. <sighs> Anyone but her. Her casseroles were just <laughs> not acceptable. Damn, I don't know what mom. kind of woman his mom is. <laughs> well, she loves a casserole. We I know mean, that. who doesn't love a casserole? Fair That's the point. real question. Yes. I know I'm Southern here, but come on. True. Anyway, so among the personal items that Bill took to space was a small picture of Colleen, which he taped to the shuttle console, Aww. and a small charm she gave to him, which is cute. Yeah. Especially when you consider how few things they probably get to oh, bring. Oh, yeah. Bill even made a phone call to Colleen from space. That's really going the extra mile. Uh-huh. But Colleen said, quote, I didn't recognize the phone number on the caller ID, so I just let voicemail get it. Oh. It was him. I didn't even know that was possible, and I didn't answer it. Damn. Okay, you got to text somebody and be like, hey, I got a new number. <laughs> yeah. He left a short message saying that she was the first thing he wanted to see when he landed. And they sent emails back and forth while he was in space. She wrote to him, quote, we'll have to control myself when I see you. Oh. First urge will be to rip your clothes off, throw you to the ground, and love the hell out of you. <laughs> he wrote, quote, I need to see you. I am having Colleen withdrawals. Must see Colleen. All right. I'm just saying, James Joyce's, James Joyce's love letters to farts. We're better than this. But that's okay. You know what? Look, they were doing their best. They're astronauts. They're astronauts. Okay, they're not literary they're not writers. People. Yeah. They're no Nicholas Sparks books coming out of them. <laughs> yes, not quite the evocative emotion you expect from <laughs> yeah. the longest distance romance of all, of all time. time, right? <laughs> <laughs> very true. Very true. But that's okay. They're trying. You know, they're exactly. trying to sext a little bit. Right. <laughs> they're trying to keep the romance alive. Not everyone's a Cyrano. Right. So true. So after Bill's return to Earth, they saw more and more of each other. And they regularly traveled between Florida and Texas to spend time together. And Lisa and Bill stayed in touch pretty regularly, too. She called him every day, mm -hmm. though Bill later said, quote, I wasn't always receptive to the phone call. But if he didn't answer, she just left him a friendly message. They still biked together regularly and they were still gym partners. Bill was glad because... Everything worked out fine. Look, everybody's happy. I got mm -hmm. the woman of my dreams. I got my best friend over here. I got to go to space. Mom's happy no matter what happens yeah. <laughs> between these two <laughs> as ladies. As long as I'm hooked up with someone. Right. So everybody was happy, except uh, they weren't. Mm. Sam Gwynn wrote in the Texas Monthly Journal, quote, It is perhaps a measure of Bill's capacity for self-delusion that he believed Lisa was accepting of this, as he later told police. Lisa, of course, had not accepted any of this. I have to say, I don't know if it's his self-delusion or maybe possibly also hers, because she is acting like she's fine. So well, what, is, what other conclusion is he supposed to draw? I guess I wonder if she was, because the person who says she was acting like everything was fine is consistently Bill. That's true. He's the only one who's weighed in on this. So she might have been like, uh, oh, okay, well... 
I guess if that's what you want to do, then all I can do is wish you well. Mm-hmm. And he's like, great, cool. Sounds like you totally approve. Sounds good to me. And just as oblivious <laughs> to her tone, her mood, her atmosphere. Don't know. It, mm-hmm. We can only spatulate here. Um, so I, I can't really say for sure. Yeah. And also calling him every day is definitely. Yeah. That's a little weird. I don't know. Maybe yeah. some people talk to their best friend every day. I don't I mean, talk to my best friend every day. No, definitely Frequently, not. but not every day. No. No. Especially Colin on the phone. What am I? Right. What, what am I in 2007? <laughs> <laughs> but I do uh, talk to most of my exes. That's true. Pretty you regularly. Yeah. I have stayed friends with most of my exes. Um, and right. you're even friends with most of my exes at this point. Well, yeah, because, definitely. Because, you know, these are people that uh, I shared time with and we, we became really close and it didn't work out romantically, but we still have something mm-hmm. uh, as friends. And that's that's important to me for those people that I liked, you know, and still continue to like. Yeah. Despite, you know, various levels of uh, how it ended. Uh, sure. Still found a way, usually, to uh, remain friends. Not always. But if they called you every day. If they called me every day, I wouldn't answer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that. And if they were like, if I was getting a read, like, this person might be obsessed with me. Right. Or is still really thinking about me a lot. Or still have feelings. Yeah. Probably be time to at least address that. If Mm -hmm. not, lay off and kind of disappear. Right. Well, anyway, people are inscrutable. That's. That's very true. That can be true. (laughs) Anyway, one day in late January, while Bill was at work. Lisa used her key to break into his apartment. She had been obsessing over Colleen for at least a few weeks now, and she wanted more information about the woman who had seduced her lover away. Uh-oh. She logged onto Bill's computer. I guess he's never changed his password. <laughs> Come I on, mean, Bill. there's one. He's like astronaut. His <laughs> <laughs> <this> password. <laughs> Spaceman. Spaceman. He's like Major Tom or something. Right. <laughs> She's like, I know his Rocket Man. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> so anyway, she put in his Rocket Man password and opened his email. Do you think he used Rocket Mail? Oh my god. Do you remember Rocket Mail? I do now, but <laughs> if you had asked me to name it a second ago, there's no chance I would remember that. <laughs> so she opened his email. All the steamy correspondence from his time in space was there, and more. And Lisa printed several messages out and took them with her. Then she saw the itinerary for Colleen's upcoming visit to Houston, February 1st to February 4th. Lisa printed out maps with driving directions from Orlando to Houston and handwrote a detailed packing list. Plastic gloves, glasses, Makeup, sneakers, black, size 8, black sweats, a sharp knife, a gun, binoculars, a baseball cap, food, water, and a cooler for the car. (laughs) I like all these like nefarious things. And then then, make sure you have a cooler because I'm going to want a cold drink. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm bringing jelly, so. (laughs) Yeah. Now, Colleen arrived in Houston, and she had some strange feelings when she got there. She was having a hard time with Bill's ex being so present in his life. She asked about the women's purple bike in his apartment, and Bill was just like, oh, that's just Lisa's. Mm. But she later said, quote, it made me very uncomfortable because it made me think he didn't quite cut his ties, maybe. After going out for drinks Saturday night, they got back to his apartment, climbed into bed... 
and started to get busy, at Ow. which point Bill said, Oh, Lisa. Ow. Uh-oh. <laughs> Awkward. I, will say, I mean, like, I, th- I don't think this situation, obviously, he's got Lisa on his mind. But I will say, I think we should cut people slack for saying the wrong name. Oh, yeah? I th- I, th- I almost call you Hobbs like four times a day. <laughs> not in bed, you know? But I might. It's entirely possible my Listen. brain would just. And it's not because I'm thinking about Hobbs when I say it. It's just I'm just going through the list of names I always say. <laughs> <laughs> so. I guess not. I mean, I've, I've never had this problem myself, so I, I don't know how to respond to this. I do know that like some parents, like my parents, for example, oh, would yeah. be like, Janice, David, Diana, like, go through go every through. family member until they finally found your and name. And the pets, yeah. <laughs> so that definitely happens when you're angry. I don't feel that that happens necessarily the same way when you're in extremis. All right. Weigh in on this, folks. You can send us a message or something. We'll have to yeah. put up a poll. Like, Do you think it's bad to call out it? someone else's name in bed or is it really fine and not a big deal? Um, <laughs> Maybe I don't somewhere know. in between. Phrase it like that. <laughs> we'll get very or do you one-sided think it's answers. Perfectly acceptable and actually a little exciting to throw out <laughs> another name once in a while. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, Tilda. Oh, uh, Tilda. Who's Tilda? Well, I who know exactly Tilda? who Tilda <laughs> I know exactly who Tilda is. <laughs> all right. So super awkward. Um, but it, it was all fine. They smoothed it out. Mm-hmm. On Sunday night, she took her scheduled flight back to Orlando, and she landed just after 1 a.m. on February 5th. Now, Colleen's bags were delayed for over two hours, so she decided that she would just wait for them. The airport was quiet. There's not many people around in the Orlando airport at 2 o'clock in the morning. And in the shadows lurked a woman in a hooded trench coat, round red glasses, black sneakers, and a black wig. It was Lisa. She followed Colleen all the way to the baggage claim, and she stood just a few feet away from her as Colleen picked up her bags. Then, around 3.30 a.m., Colleen hopped into an empty shuttle bus and Lisa followed. She looked so ridiculous in this, like, cartoonish disguise she had on. Mm-hmm. She might as well have had one of those, like, big noses with the glasses. <laughs> the mustache. Uh-huh. It was just so noticeable that Colleen was definitely super suspicious about this yeah. woman that followed her onto the shuttle. I'm imagining it's probably a really bad black wig oh, as well yeah. that, like, sits a little high on your head. You know what yeah. I'm talking about? <laughs> this She's woman... Like, I don't know how to put this on. This woman wrote a paper... <laughs> called Computational Investigations of an NAC 8012 Airfoil in Low Reynolds Number Flows. She don't know how to put a costume together. No. She needed help from a theater friend. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'll tell you what. When Halloween rolls around, she goes straight to Party City, grabs something out of the bag, and calls it a day. She is like probably, a sexy astronaut. <laughs> I was going to say, probably a straight-up foam astronaut costume. Which would be so funny because you'd have, like, a good one, like, at right. home. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe NASA doesn't let you just walk yeah, around. Yeah, I don't think you can take those home <laughs> like, for Halloween. You know someone's going to vomit on that. All of a sudden, we uh, got issues. <laughs> can I borrow this $1.6 million suit for my Halloween costume tonight? I'm going to a great party. There's a really good prize for the costume contest. <laughs> you have yeah, to understand. $50 at Chili's. <laughs> I really want it. Do you know how many margaritas that is? <laughs> so Colleen is on this empty shuttle bus just with Lisa being weird as shit in the corner. And Colleen got off at her stop. She went quickly to her car. Just as she closed the door, Lisa came charging straight at her. She tried to pull the handle of her front door, but Colleen had locked the door. 
Lisa banged on the window and shouted, Can you help me, please? My boyfriend was supposed to pick me up. Can you give me a ride to the parking office? Now, Colleen is an Air Force captain and not a grade-A idiot. (laughs) (laughs) True. As we've noted before. (laughs) So... She simply said, no, if you need help, I'll send someone to help you. Uh Lisa said she couldn't hear her and she started crying. She's really distraught. So Colleen cracked open the window just two inches. And Lisa quickly whipped out her pepper spray and maced Colleen. Damn. Colleen shouted, you bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And sped away. (laughs) I lost, you bitch. (laughs) I mean... What, what else, else are you going to say? say exactly? Just like, yeah, mace there the were face. two words came to mind, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the ones that they were. Yes. So Colleen speeds away. She called airport security, and within minutes, they found Lisa trying to throw away a bag that had a loaded BB gun pistol in it, as well as the wig that she had been wearing. Lisa was also carrying a second bag that had a sharp knife and a brand new steel mallet. Having left the day before, Lisa drove over 900 miles from Houston to Orlando without stopping so that she could catch Colleen at her arrival. Lisa's car was searched, and it also contained rubber tubing, plastic gloves, and all the other crazy stuff from her list. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, but there's a nice cold drink in here, at least. (laughs) (laughs) Police also found printed out bondage photos and drawings in the car. And when asked about the weapons, Lisa said that she never intended to hurt Colleen. She just wanted to scare her into talking. And that if she didn't talk, she would have used the BB gun to scare her and just wanted to hear her talk. And oh, like, well, that's OK. Yeah, Nothing wrong with terrorizing what? a person. Right. And yeah, talk about what? Yeah. Uh, I met Bill at a party. It was funny. We started dating. Yeah. What more information do you need? Been dating seriously for a while now and y'all broke up. Yes. So get your bike out of a man's house. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I got to say. Right. Also, yeah, creepy that those bondage photos were in there. I guess she was like looking at how to tie someone up, which I imagine is what the rubber tubing was for. Sure, sure. I was going to ask what the bondage was. Yeah. That's a little weird. But that makes sense. Yeah, she's like going to shibari nod her into a chair or something. (laughs) Yeah. Colleen's like, like, this better not awaken anything in me. (laughs) (laughs) Lisa ties her up and it's like this elaborate, beautiful beautiful. rope design (laughs) out of rubber tubing. Right. And and you know you got to work with the person being tied up to Uh really do shibari flow. Right, (laughs) right. Colleen's like, well, that's more comfortable. Thank you. (laughs) It's about connection. (laughs) So Lisa was charged with attempted murder, attempted kidnapping. Attempted burglary, battery, and destruction of evidence. Mm. And this is the first time an astronaut has ever been arrested. Ah. Police cited, quote, the detailed planning by Nowick, the fact that she wore a disguise, her prolonged surveillance of the victim, the fact that she passed up numerous opportunities to contact the victim as evidence for the attempted murder and kidnapping charges. Right. Because, you know, she's saying, I just wanted to talk to her. And they're looking at the security footage and they're like, you were following her for hours. You had every opportunity to talk to her mm-hmm. and you chose to wait until she was alone in her car. Like, and then no. mace her in the face. Yeah. 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 I don't think you want to talk. Uh-huh. Um, two fellow astronauts flew to Florida in T-38 jets to appear before a judge on her behalf. And while the state argued that the facts laid out a well-planned attempt to kidnap and potentially injure Colleen... Her lawyer argued, quote, 
one's good works must count for something. And she was released on bail on the condition that she wore an ankle monitor and not contact or approach Colleen. Mm. And NASA placed her on a 30-day leave. The story got into the news cycle quickly, and they had a lot of damage control to do. Some people were claiming that pressures of astronaut training and the presentation of them as our greatest heroes was too much, and this sort of snap was inevitable. But others focused on some dumb shit. Mm. And y'all, if you've heard this story, this is probably what you know about it. When Lisa was arrested, police reportedly found a case of toddler's diapers in the trunk of her car. Two of them used. Mm. When asked, Lisa reportedly told them that she had used those two so that she wouldn't have to stop on her drive from Houston to Orlando. And later, her attorneys said that the diapers were left over in her car from when she and her young children had to flee Texas during Hurricane Rita back in 2005. But you know how the news is. They focused exclusively on this aspect and it just blew up in the reports. Mm -hmm. You know, late night hosts went hard on the jokes. You got Jay Leno out there. Hey, you you heard about this one? (laughs) The lady in the diaper? Chin flapping. Chin flapping. And headlines claimed that she drove across the whole country in a single astronaut diaper, like the kind they have to wear on on launch and reentry. Oh. Yeah, just just never change, just wearing it the whole time. None of this was really accurate. Mm-hmm. It was all kind of bullshit. And regardless, it was totally irrelevant to what was going on. Even Colleen later in interviews said that she wished people would just drop that and focus on the actual issue. She said, quote, that's pretty superficial, don't you think? The woman committed a crime and headlines are saying that she wore a diaper. That's so true because I know for me, yeah, I was like, I know this lady wore a diaper to like drive to her boyfriend's house. That right. was like legitimately it. I yeah. didn't even know that there was a dispute right? Uh, and an affair thing that she yep. committed a crime. I yep. really only knew about this diaper thing. Yeah. So that's very interesting. That's such a tiny, really just a tiny detail in the story. Right. And that obviously is what made it blow up. And quite frankly, it's what led us to want to put this couple on our list. Mm -hmm. But then learning the story, you're just like, geez, I'm glad we get a chance to kind of tell this version of it because obviously that was nonsense. Mm -hmm. And so just looking at the wrong thing the whole time. So (laughs) moving on, forget about that part was never a big deal. So the murder and kidnapping charges were eventually dropped, and Lisa was ultimately charged with felony burglary and misdemeanor battery, which she pled guilty to as part of a plea deal. Court psychiatrists evaluated her and diagnosed her with OCD, Asperger's syndrome, and, quote, a brief psychotic disorder with marked stressors at the time of the incident. So I guess that's like a psychologist's way of being like, she snapped because she was Uh, under a lot of pressure for a long time. Right, right, I guess so. She was sentenced to one year of probation with no additional jail time. In 2008, she actually completed her divorce and was given full custody of her children. I think that's interesting. I do too. Uh, There's something about the, uh, if she weren't an astronaut, Mm -hmm. if this was just a crazy Texan and a crazy Floridian, like, two women you never heard of, like, this would never make it past page 10 of a local newspaper. Oh, like, yeah. Like, nothing, nothing really happened. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a, a minor assault, some pepper spray, and this right. lady, and it looked like this lady might have done something real crazy, but she didn't. So, all that kind of swept aside, and once she was sort of evaluated, it was interesting that, you know, I don't know what Richard was doing that made the judge be like, no, yes, you can have full custody. 
woman who I has an attempted murder charge that. on her record. But it does kind of show you, I guess, how they were able to kind of minimize the whole thing. Maybe so. or I mean, maybe because she had raised them so exclusively while right. he was overseas or right. something fed into that. Or right. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe he was still in active service and couldn't take full custody. I don't know. Or maybe they were just like, let's not push this lady any further. Any further. <laughs> <laughs> she might show up at Co- uh, Bill and Colleen's <laughs> for no reason at all. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. What I think is interesting, too, is that they had a this psych- psychiatric uh, analysis. But don't you have to go through that to be an astronaut in the first place? Well, this comes up a lot. Did they evaluate their astronauts properly? And after this happened, you know, NASA had to do a lot of damage control. And one thing they talked about was like, we'll try to adjust how we're evaluating our astronauts before and afterwards. But this mm-hmm. wasn't something that they would have caught at a given time beforehand necessarily if she wasn't under that kind of duress. Sure. You know, sure. Uh, I guess like the Asperger's and dormant. the OCD. Yeah, I don't know. Wouldn't again, that be something you already had? Maybe. Maybe they were, again, maybe they were dormant until, mm-hmm. you know, this sort of like brought it out. I, I'm, I, I'm not a psychologist, believe it right, or not, I, so I don't really know how that works. But, but if you do, if you get into more of a deep dive about sort of NASA and this whole incident, a right. lot of conversation about mental health in the astronaut program, how they're dealing with that, how they're catching that ahead of time, and what they're doing. Okay. NASA basically informed Lisa and Bill that due to their adultery, they would no longer be employed as astronauts and kind of handed the whole thing back to the Navy to handle. In 2010, she received a less than honorable discharge from the Navy and a demotion from captain to commander. In 2017, People Magazine reported that she was living quietly in Texas with her children. She lives a pretty quiet life working in the private sector. Meanwhile, Bill and Colleen actually worked it out. Oh. Bill retired from the Navy in 2008, and they moved to Anchorage, Alaska together. In 2009, they went on a wilderness trip together, and Bill had an engagement ring stashed in his fishing box. At the beginning of the trip, he proposed, and she said yes. And they were totally out of cell service and everything in the wilderness of Alaska. So he programmed his emergency tracking device to send out an alert to his family. But he didn't realize that the device automatically inserts the word help before every message. (laughs) So his family all got a text saying, help, I asked Colleen to marry me. And she said, yes. (laughs) Not only that, but it kept repeating the message for a week until they finally got back to civilization. (laughs) They were like, I've made a huge mistake. (laughs) To be fair, I sent out the same text. I know you did. I was there. She said, yes, I was not anticipating that. (laughs) I really was hoping she'd throw this ring in my face. (laughs) That's hilarious. Help! I asked her to marry me. She said yes. I love it. Colleen has spoken about the incident a little bit more than anyone else. She said, quote, The crime hasn't defined us at all. It's not an issue in our lives today. She spoke to People magazine in 2016, mostly to protect Bill's reputation. She said, quote, The Air Force treated me like a criminal, and NASA treated Lisa like a victim. While she enjoyed an immediate 30 days of leave, I was run ragged, made to report in, moved into an apartment on base, and ordered to have no contact with Bill. She said the media made him out to be someone horrible, but she knew him as a great guy and that they helped each other get through this whole mess. Which I have a little sympathy for that again. I mean, you know, she did do something crazy, so it would be really weird to have her positioned as like, I, I mean, a victim. Oh, Lisa? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, and Definitely. Colleen have to deal with all this stuff like she had done something wrong. Right. Um, instead of been attacked randomly out of nowhere. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, but she is an American hero, so I guess you have different perks with that. I think that's just what makes it complicated and worth really taking a second look at because... You know, obviously, yes, Lisa assaulted someone. She yeah. planned something really dangerous and harmful and might have really hurt somebody mm-hmm. if she had been given the opportunity to do so. Um, but we can look at the causes for all that, right. what led her to it, and at least have some sympathy. Um, yeah. But certainly not. It, it's not a defense for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Colleen, for her part, was practically oblivious to any of this happening and literally did nothing wrong no so like she was out of all three of them colleen was like the most innocent bystander of all like she wasn't having an affair she wasn't sneaking around on anybody she was just Mm -hmm. found a nice guy and wanted to settle down that was it yeah sam gwynn writes quote we may never know exactly what was in lisa's heart what she thought, felt, believed, or dreamed, how desperately she loved or how compulsively she hated, or why she would do something that was guaranteed to ruin the extraordinary life that she had spent 43 years meticulously crafting. But he and a few other journalists do dig into the rigors of astronaut life and the extreme stress that they're regularly under. And like we said, the the, the, the mental health issues that kind of stem from that and can make that existing ones that can make that more difficult than it would have been otherwise. Mm. NBC reported on the issue in 2007, saying that many astronauts are inherently huge overachievers with ambitious goals. And once they've gone to space and come home, they're kind of left a bit stranded. Mm. Jay Barbary of NBC said, quote, most every one of the astronauts came back from space with adjustment issues. Buzz Aldrin who suffered from depression and alcoholism after his return to Earth, for example, said NASA, quote, can deal with the physics and engineering. They behave predictably, but you can't predict the human reaction and how complex it is. He said Lisa had to be somehow asking the question, what do I do next? But nobody is helping them to readjust. Wow. So they're saying like once they reach like the zenith of all their all their goals. Yeah. They're sort of moreless and they don't know yeah. what they're working towards anymore. You got to imagine these are people who from high school or earlier sure. were fully devoted to this dream mm-hmm. and probably logged more hours than you or I ever did working while they were still kids mm-hmm. leading well into adulthood, years and years and years trying to achieve this dream of going to space. And they go to space, literally the most outrageous, seemingly unachievable a goal you can achieve. And then what's next? Mm-hmm. And that's that comes up a lot with astronauts. There's a movie very loosely based on this incident with Natalie Portman that came out in 2019 called Lucy in the Sky. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it's very, 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 very loosely based on this incident. <laughs> um, but they focus more on that, on her having gone to space and coming home and feeling very disillusioned with the world mm. and not really feeling like she had a place anymore. Mm. Um, it's, you know, it's kind of to just nerd, to, to like nerd relate it real quick. It's like Bilbo going <laughs> out on his journey with the dwarves and seeing a dragon and finding the ring and all this stuff and then going back to the Shire right. and they expect him to just like farm you know, and he's True. like, what, what? How am I supposed to live a normal life after I've gone to space? Sure. You know, well, pl- plus you see 
the planet. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know, for example, Buzz Aldrin, uh-huh. Michael Collins, Neil Armstrong, they all spoke about how crazy it was to see the planet so small. Yeah. And I don't know how small all the stuff that happens on it seems when right. you're that far away. And then you get back in it and everyone's like, well, climb climb back into the mire. Yeah. You know, go back and to you're work. like, a minute ago, I was so above it. Right. Like literally and right. figuratively that uh-huh. like this seems so petty. Yeah. And why do I want to, why do I care about this? Yeah. And again, yeah, there, there was a lot of conversation after this incident and I'm sure still about exactly these issues. I mean, plus you can't tell anyone about all the aliens that you've seen. Right. Probably. Yeah. You know, walking around. They're out there. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, you guys again. Hello. Hello. We heard you mention aliens. Of course, we had to stop in. We wanted to bring our robotic arm by and high-five you. Oh, boy. Uh, if, for newer listeners, if you haven't heard the whole show, we've had these aliens crash our episode a little while. Although, I appreciate you guys seem to have beamed in today instead of crashing through the roof. Oh, that's nice of you. Thank yes. you. We decided it was the least we could do after destroying your home three separate occasions. We know this is a rental. <laughs> yeah, I heard you're talking about that diaper lady. No, no. Uh, what's your name again? Uh, my name is Ozark. And this here <laughs> is my friend. Gleepgarp. Gleepglorp. 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 That's the one. It's a very challenging pronunciation. Listen, it's, it's regional. Well, look, that, no, that's not the issue that we're talking about. That, just wipe that from your mind. This story is about a complicated relationship, mental health issues, and the, the struggles and the rigors of astronaut training. It is true that when they come to our planet, we tell them many secrets that you cannot know, that you will never know. But we only come to see you. Our favorite podcast, <laughs> Ridiculous Romance. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Thank you for That's stopping nice in. Of you. Yeah, yeah. We always, we always love you coming uh, by. We'd like to join you on your trip to Los Angeles. Ooh. I've always wanted to meet Charlie Chaplin. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> got some bad news for you on two counts there. I don't think he's such a good guy, and um, he's been dead for a while. Oh well, not every dream can come true. Even in Hollywood. Well then, we'll just go back to our planet, I suppose. Okay. Yeah. We want to tell everyone back home that Lisa Noah didn't wear a diaper for 900 miles. Yes, we will spread this information throughout the galaxy. She'll be less well respected on our planet, but what can you do? Our planet loves wearing diapers. <laughs> yeah, very efficient. We have not invented indoor plumbing. <laughs> Before diapers, we were just pooping in the streets, <laughs> and we poop from four different holes. Whoa, please don't poop right here. Okay, yeah, maybe it's I time for you guys go. to head out, oh, okay? Thank, Thank you. So Goodbye. Bye-bye. Okay. Man, they have okay. really bad timing. They really do. They <laughs> we're, really like, do. trying to wrap up the story. And if I'm being honest, I don't think they had anything to say that time. No, I don't know why they jumped seemed in like, for that one. seemed like a last-minute jump in that they hadn't really thought out too clearly before they showed up. We'll forgive it. It's fine. So, anyway, to wrap up, of course, being an astronaut can be even more challenging for women. Surprise. Wait, what? something is more challenging for women? No way! That's not a thing. I'll believe it when Every... I see it with my own two man eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, try opening them sometime, and you will. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, it's terrible. I'm going to close these again. (laughs) Commander Eileen Collins was interviewed by Sam Gwynn and said, quote, I tell young girls that the two best jobs in the world are being an astronaut and being a mother. But the difference is, for a woman, the husband usually also works, so you end up doing the work at home. Sometimes I just had to stay awake to get the job done. 
When do you answer your email? You do it at home because you have no time at work. And John Clark, the husband of the woman who died in the Columbia explosion, said that women astronauts, quote, make more sacrifices than the original astronauts did. They have to balance two careers. You don't come home at night like most of the male astronauts and have everything ready for you. Yeah. Very important point about pretty much everything. And I say, why not? Excuse me, if my wife's an astronaut, Mm -hmm. yeah, I can make dinner while she's off astronauting before she comes home. I mean, you make dinner now, and I'm not an astronaut. Oh, yeah. Wait a second. (laughs) How come you're not an astronaut? I've been making dinner. Is that not enough? I mean, I think that's a good point. You know, you 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 got the double shift, right? Isn't that oh, yeah. what people talk about with working women is right. the double shift where they go to right. work and then they come home and they have to continue being a full-time mom and yeah. caregiver and so on. And that many men, not all men, of course, but many men don't contribute to those yeah. things. And especially even if they're like, oh, I cleaned up a little bit and I watched the kids for a while, like they're just not doing as much as the women are doing. Um, and so, yeah, that makes it, doubly, triply difficult for women to achieve anything. Because I think the the men's mindset must be, well, my role is to have a job and your role is to do the house stuff. If you want to add a job to that, that's up to you. Right. I'm not I'm very progressive and I'll allow it. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, but I'm not going to cover for you with the other stuff. I guess I don't get that. Yeah, it's eye-rolly for sure because it's just like, especially in this country now when you kind of need two incomes to pay for things. Like You kind of have to both be working sometimes. You kind of need two astronaut incomes to handle (laughs) things in this country right now. I mean, I know people achieve it, you know, with one income, but uh, I'm just saying it's it's less of a one or the other than it used to be. Right. And so now it's sort of like, well, if you have to have both, then I guess we need to really be talking about a more equitable division of this home labor these chores yeah and i appreciate that she lisa and richard tried to handle that Mm -hmm. until he got called back to duty right you know where they sort of alternated time off of work to handle the Mm -hmm. kids and stuff i know a lot of people have that arrangement and it works well you have wonder if uh richard wasn't on the phone with w saying hey uh don't you need me don't you need to come out there these kids driving me crazy. I'm in the reserve. Maybe that's why she divorced him. She, she was like, oh, my God. He keeps saying, I babysat the kids today. You're their oh. father, you piece of shit. Yeah, it's not babysitting. I don't it's know. parenting. We don't know Richard. Sorry, we don't Richard. know Richard. <laughs> we don't know Richard. <laughs> Richard's like, I love watching my kids. <laughs> right, right. I don't know. But, yeah, that's this is a tough one because you're so right about the mental health stuff being such a such a – interesting aspect of it. Who knows what it's like to leave the planet? Right. I mean, that must be kind of a mind fuck. Right. All on its own, let alone all the extra work that goes around to being able to leave the planet. Yeah. And, you know, I'll say this is another story, too, of just like sensationalism in the headlines. Mm, Yeah. Really influencing everyone's opinion about this story for for decades. Yeah. Right. And it wasn't hard to find the rest of this info. Just had to look. Right. You know, it's not like it was being hidden by the mainstream media and all they talked about was the diapers and stuff. It's just that's what trended right. in that's whatever trending was to... in 2007. And yeah. that's what everyone was talking about. Yeah, that's what's going to get you to click the, the exactly. little headlines. Right. So. But if you see something outrageous like this, there's a good chance that there's a, another story behind it, you know? Mm-hmm. More than likely. Yeah. 
So and he, uh, if there wasn't, that'd still be worth looking into. Right. I mean, seriously. I'm like, wow, she really did do that? That's freaking <laughs> okay. We need somebody to come talk to Lisa right. <laughs> about personal hygiene. I mean, right. Hello. You need to at least change your diapers, you know, after every use. <laughs> <laughs> and again, it's like, what? where did that even come from? It's just a, a passing reference. There weren't even photographs in the police report of like the diapers in the trunk or anything like that. It was just like a note on a notepad, like, oh, she said they were for this. And then everybody took that and it became the crime of the century. But again, I, I, my goal, I think, would be to separate that element from this story, which is about way more interesting and important things. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So I hope that's what you got from it, dear <laughs> listeners. And I hope that all you aspiring astronauts out there. Take a little time for yourself, mm-hmm. a little mental health day now and then. Yeah, maybe get, maybe have a therapist right. talk about whatever comes up right. from whatever happens in your space training uh-huh. and everything. Like I can't even I can't even come up with a scenario, but because <laughs> I don't know anything about it. Right, right. Um, but yeah, even without the kids and uh, the marriage and stuff, there must be so much fear and excitement and anticipation oh and everything around going to space that yes. like it would be very helpful to sit and talk to someone about all that. For real. And beyond that, also, again, even if you're not an astronaut and you're just having having a little fling with someone or having a super secret dangerous affair, <laughs> communication, communication, you know, talk about it. Be on the same page. Don't have one of you thinking, oh, this is the rest of my life. And the other one going like, we're just friends and we get to bang sometimes. That's great. Mm -hmm. Recipe for disaster. Yeah. And here is your disaster. I just took it out of the oven. Recipe complete. (laughs) Here's the disaster. It's a pepper spray in the face and a whole trial for attempted murder. Craziness. (laughs) It's a Pop-Tart covered in mustard. Oh, no. Gross. (laughs) The worst recipe. The ultimate (laughs) recipe for disaster. (laughs) Well, y'all shoot us a message. Let us know how you take your Pop-Tarts. Right? Uh, your favorite casseroles. Yes. <laughs> uh, let us know about your dreams for going to space. I am, like I said, I'm very excited for the Artemis mission. Yeah, um, totally. It's it's about time we go back and give that moon a piece of our mind collectively. <laughs> um, <laughs> or whatever it is we do up there. <laughs> the moon's like, I'm just over here regulating the tides, okay? I don't know why you're mad. All that being said, shoot us an email. Romance yeah. at iHeartMedia.com. Yeah, or we're on social media, Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Dynamite Boom. And I'm at Oh Great, it's Eli. And the show is at Ridic Romance. And don't forget to tune in for another episode later this week, and we will catch you all the next one. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. So long, friends, it's time to go. Thanks for listening to our show. Tell your friends, neighbors, uncles, and aunts to listen to our show, Ridiculous Romance. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. (laughs) 
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, Yeah. And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.